Hi, and welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast. My name is Isabel Ross and I'm the coach at Peak Endurance Coaching. Episode 64 is another bonus interview. I seem to be doing a few of these lately and it is another interview with me. It's part two. So once again, my good friend Nicole Q comes on board to interview me to find out how I developed mental strength. Do you have injuries or niggles ruining your enjoyment of running and hindering your performance? Running is our time to focus on our health and happiness, and if this time is plagued with aches and pains, it's no fun at all. Come in and see the specialists at Health and High Performance where they utilise the latest in technology and experience to help you achieve the results you want and you are more than capable of. So head to healthhp.com.au forward slash run or find them on Instagram, Health High Performance. Thank you so much for always supporting the podcast by rating, reviewing and sharing. This all helps more people find the podcast and thus grows the audience. You can also go to my YouTube channel at Isabel Ross to see the video recordings of this podcast and others. I hope you enjoy this second interview with me. Hi, this is Nicole Q speaking and I'm back taking over the Peak Endurance podcast for a second time. Uh, So welcome Izzy, back to your podcast (laughs) for another round of uh, uh, questions. Excellent. Thank you, Nicole. I'm not quite as nervous this time because you were very kind to me last time. So I haven't got any wine this time. So I'm just, I'm going... (laughs) I'm going yeah, on a yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I um I've got lots of questions that I didn't ask last time, and lots of questions that arose from our conversation last time. So I was thinking that today we would dive a little bit deeper into mindset, mental strength, resilience, whatever term you want to call it yeah I think it's you know one of those key ingredients that we need to be successful in life but Mm. certainly as far as ultra running is concerned Um, and in 2020 I think you know more than ever we really need to be managing our minds definitely what's been thrown at us uh, week after week so I'm going to start with today because this morning I I opened my Instagram, just have a little peek to see what was going on. And there was one of your classic, easy, post-run, smiling faces. And you had written something about a a 3K time trial PB. So I was wondering if you could share with the listeners, for those that don't follow you or that haven't seen it, what that was all about. Yeah, so I did do a... 3k time trial pb today because at the start of lockdown when we were told we could only run for an hour a day and i started freaking out because i like to run for five or six hours on the coaching roundtable podcast we decided that maybe a good idea for me would be to use that one hour a day to work on my speed um because of my injury from gsr i'd lost a lot of speed and so that's what i have done is i've spent the and the plan was of course that lockdown would be finishing this sunday so that's why I was doing it um, today, but I thought I'd stick with that anyway. And um, and so I worked over the last five weeks, although lockdown was six, I didn't do the first time trial straight away, on um, developing my speed again. So I did, you know, 400s, 800s, one kilometre repeats and um, 
then yeah, so then I did the time trial today and I got 54 seconds faster, which I was stoked about. Wow, that's a huge PB over such a short distance. I know, and the first two kilometres, because it's been so windy here in Melbourne lately, I swear to God, it was a headwind for the first two kilometres. It was brutal. Yeah, yeah. So how important do you think it was for you to mm. set yourself that goal at the beginning of this, you know, lockdown 2.0? I think it was really important. Um, it gave me something to focus on and it also helped me deal with the um, shorter training times because I knew to get faster, you have to reduce volume. I mean, you just have to. Um, and, um, you know, you can't be doing five, six hour runs. And I mean, you can, some people, but probably not me, and also develop speed at the same time. So it was, um, it really gave me something positive to focus on when I was feeling pretty negative about the whole situation. And also because I put it out there on um, the coaching round table, it was good because people would check in on me and see how I'm going and encourage me and, and it was lovely. With a real community yeah. feel about it. So I guess you've made yourself accountable, haven't you? Yeah, you that's right. Out there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I regretted it and at so, first. <laughs> <laughs> so the why was obviously to give yourself some structure. Yes. And yep. and you've said the how was, you know, you had an hour. Yeah. Four hundreds, eight hundred. Was every training session you were doing? No. No. No, on the other, I, I started off doing them three times a week, but I found that was a little bit much, so I cut back to two. Um, the other days were just easy runs and really easy. Like I didn't want to push it because I wanted to be sure that I was fresh for the next speed session. Yeah. And so now that you've achieved it and, and done, you know, as I said, 54 seconds over three days. But that's, that's also because you know, I was so blue. slow. <laughs> Well, there's a, you know, okay, well, that's, there's one way of looking at it, but, you know, there's not a lot of room to move in a three-day no. time trial. Like, you've got to be, you know, hitting your straps as soon as you start. So, I know. how do you feel now? Like, you know, how, how do you feel at the moment having set that goal? And it was very, you know, I guess it's like a smart goal, isn't it? You made it yeah. specific, measurable, accountable, that's all of right. those things. Yeah. But you had six weeks and you've actually achieved it and, and smashed it. So, how does yeah. that feel? Oh, I was I was stoked. And that's when I took that photo, I just I was so shattered. I just sat down on somebody's front lawn. Um with actually I was in the gutter, but you know, um, because I just I was stuffed and and I just took that photo then. So my hair was all mad and you know, I think I had snot coming out my nose probably. And um <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I was just I was wrapped, you know, and um and, and it, I, I want to, you know, at first I'd originally thought, oh, that's good because then I can get rid of the speed work and go back to long runs and all that sort of stuff. But, A, we can't do long runs really yet. But I, I will, I think I will, I do want to keep working on getting faster anyway. Mm. Well, I mean, as far as I used to think with ultra running, you don't have to do speed work because, mm. you know, it doesn't matter how fast I can run 3Ks in when I want to run for, you know, 20 hours or however yeah. long. But I've... You know, I've since learned from some very experienced people in the running, ultra running world that if you want to get faster over the longer distances, you have to get faster over the shorter distances. That's and it's, exactly it's right. Up and yeah. your legs up, and it does yeah. a whole host of things. About, you know, 
far wiser oh, yeah. people than me can find, you know, <laughs> yeah. And look, I know um, that I've just been lazy because speed work hurts, yeah. you know. Speed work ugly. It's not, <laughs> if you're an ultra runner, you're an ultra runner because you don't like speed work. Exactly. That's, my, that's me. Exactly. So, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to choose a three hour run over a 30 minute speed oh, yeah. session every day of the week. Yeah. So, Definitely. yeah. Um, but how much, so the mind plays a, a, a big part in all of those steps. And like I said, you set a goal mm. and a goal is just a goal until you actually devise a plan to yeah. achieve that goal. And then even with a plan, that's just a plan until you actually do the work and carry out the plan. And then the final, the icing on the cake is actually completing it and and hopefully completing it successfully. So there's lots of steps involved in that. And and that is very much what we have to do with ultra running, isn't it? We have to break it down in those steps. So... um, so with ultra running in mind, because I'm, I'm assuming the majority of your listeners are ultra runners, yeah. um, there's a lot of mindset, mental strength that plays a part in the lead up to a race. So if, if for example, I say, okay, I'm going to do this race in four months' time, how much do you think mental strength plays a part in the training phase? Well, I believe it's really important, but in saying that, I guess I don't specifically train the mental aspect so much, but I do um, I go to training sessions, the long training runs. I used to like doing um, uh, runs where I would deliberately bonk, right? So I would eat at the start of the run, go out for a long run and deliberately bonk. So I'd know that feeling and keeping pushing, which is also what strengthens your mind too. I wouldn't do that every run because it's it's not... You know, it takes a bit of recovery. And doing things like speed work does toughen your mind up as well because you mm. get used to the pain, the discomfort. I remember um, when we, when I was training for the 24-hour track race, I would go out and I'd do a 60-kilometre, you know, run around the track. and But then for the last, I don't know, five minutes, I would make myself, after running 60K, run as hard as I could. Like for that last five minutes, absolutely mm. flat chat. Just because even though I was hurting, I just wanted to make myself hurt that much more to push through that pain because it is mm, a mm. learned skill. Mm. I, I think I recall some of those 60K track training runs and I chose not to push really hard in the last five minutes. I think I continued, continued to plot around at the same pace. I think so, I sometimes I'd try and race Nikki, but she wasn't really into it either. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's like let the let the new ego twenty-four hour run. So you know, it takes quite a lot of discipline to follow a training plan, doesn't it? Mm. So um, I was talking about this with someone um, yesterday, and they were saying they've lost motivation for training, and and they don't have the discipline. And I was saying it's not so much discipline, or mo- it's not so much motivation, and it is a little bit discipline, but it's also habit i've made it become a habit like part of isabel is isabel gets up runs but you know and that's just what isabel does every single day and i'm not isabel unless i do that every single day so it's not discipline it doesn't require discipline on my behalf to do it's a habit it's like i brush my teeth every day i go for a run yeah 
Yeah, that was the analogy I was going to use. It's like <laughs> it it becomes like I said. Well, I I guess I turn, I say it in a different way, but it's like what are my non-negotiables for yeah. the day? And yeah. the non-negotiables are I go for a run, or you know, if it's a rest day, I might go for a walk instead. Yeah. You know, I clean yeah. my teeth. So there's certain non-negotiables That's that you right. have, and yeah. what, so it's the same sort of thing. And one of my favourite sayings is, you know, you never regret going for a run, but you exactly. always regret those days that you stay in bed and the rest yeah. of the day you're really not happy with yourself because you, yeah. you didn't go on that run or you're trying to find a space in the day to yeah. actually squeeze the run that you missed yeah. in the morning and it doesn't work. No, it or never wherever works. it is. I mean, some, yeah, and some people, you know, I'm assuming everyone does it first thing in the morning, but, of course, <laughs> people do it. Lunchtime, I, evenings, yeah. whenever it, you know. Yeah. No, I, I have schedule. to run in the morning. I'm like you. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, yeah. I it. I think there's too many, for me personally. There's too many factors that can get in the way yeah. if I decide to do it later in the day. Whereas yeah. the only factor that gets in the way first thing in the morning is whether I choose to roll over and go back to sleep. So yeah. that that holds me accountable, I guess. Um, so in the current climate, you know, we can't have this conversation without bringing up COVID. Yeah. Um, how do we keep people, how do you keep your, um, the people that you coach motivated to keep training when there's no races to train for? And, well, in Melbourne, you've got an hour. So you, you <laughs> kept yourself motivated by setting this goal. Yeah. What are you suggesting to well, I mean, I've done similar with um, some of my clients. They've done some 3K time trials and, um, and now they're doing speed work and those sorts of things. And they know also, and they're quite enjoying, some of them quite enjoying having that shorter time and working on speed and seeing their speed increase. And um, we all mm. know races will come back. And m most of the, my Melbourne clients are like, they know that and they want to be ready for when the races come back and they don't want to have to start from scratch. So I think it's, it's mm. keeping that mindset that normal, some sort of normal life will return. It might take a long time, but next year will be a different kind of normal, but we'll slowly get back there. And if, we, if you drop the ball now, as we all know, if, if once you stop and you do get into that rut of not getting up in the morning or whenever it's your training time, so much harder to start again so yeah it's just um you know I've never wanted to let the long runs go on the weekend even if I'm not training for something yes. because I think oh it's just so much hard work to get back to where you can run those long distances effortlessly yeah, yeah so exactly like, I'll just keep doing them because then it's not as big a jump to get back yeah. to to doing them so the flip side of you know Obviously, there's there's people that need a little bit of um, motivation, encouragement to to get that daily habit. But then there's also people that are really rigid. You know, they have a training plan and they've got to stick to it. And there's yeah. no flexibility within it at all. Um, and if they miss a session because life gets in the way, then it's the worst thing. So, so yeah. how, what are the strategies there? Because inevitably life will get in the way and yeah. we will also at some point probably have some sort of niggle or injury that we need to yeah. take notice of. So what's the advice there? Well, look, I used to be a little bit like that when I first started running. Um, 
and I have learned over time that that you it's you're not doing your body any favors, and um, you have to think. What would I tell someone else to do? If someone came to me saying, this is how they're feeling, would I tell them, oh, but you must train again today? Or would I be saying to them, oh my God, best, you know? What, so I think you've got to kind of look at it from, and that's what I encourage people to do. What would you tell someone else to do? If, if someone was saying this to you, what you're saying to me, what would you tell them to do? Or if, if you know, yeah. you're feeling that, what would, you know? And I think when you turn it around like that, people go, oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, it's so hard, isn't it? Oh, it's hard. Yeah. You know, it's just so hard and we we don't take our own advice very well. <laughs> I know. Because, yes. you know, if there's there's nothing worse than being told as a runner to just go and do a couple of weeks of gym work instead of, you know, whilst you wait for something to heal. It's like, yeah, but yeah. I run. That's what I do. I just yeah. want to go for a run, not, you know, bench press or whatever. I know, so, I know. Um, yeah, so... I guess a lot of, like, you know, we've had some questions, people sent questions in um, after the last podcast and a lot of people uh, focus their attention on mental strength within a race. Mm. So um, what strategies do you, because everyone has a different way of approaching this. And like I said, in the last interview we did, we established that you, you, earned your straps with mental strength very early in life and then as life you know as life has happened your mental strength has grown so it may not necessarily be something you have to train specifically but do you use strategies in races to manage your mind um well as people probably know i listen to um like during races i've downloaded a lot of um I used to download them off YouTube, but now they actually have them on Spotify as playlists of um, like motivational speeches, you know, where they're rah kind of, you know, these um, generally American male voices going, well, you can, you know, and motivating you. And I listen to them during a race when I'm starting to feel like giving up, you know, and they're the ones that don't give in and, you know, and that sort of stuff. And I find that really helps and, um, you know, so that really helps me. But also, I always think, I, I always tell myself, at some point, this will be a memory. This is, this is not going to last forever. This will be a memory at some point. You want it to be a, a good memory that you're proud of. And um, so just keep going, you know. And, mm. and a lot of it, it does um, it come back to, you know, when I was younger and, and a lot of the training I had to do with Scientology and, and I... You know, and Scientology kind of has a whole different language. So I kind of use that language when I'm talking to myself. Like, you know, there's something we would call TRs is where, you, um, you, where you're more focused and you um, stay in the present moment. And so I, would, I sometimes say those sorts of things to me and, and I'm better at staying in that present moment for those times. Because I think although it, it is easy... <clears throat> to disassociate when it gets difficult in a race, you know, try and not feel the pain and not feel the hurt. Sometimes it's really good to actually feel it and go, yes, this means I'm really getting there. This is, this is where the magic happens. This is where um, if I keep pushing through this, you know, things will get better. Because as you yourself know, um, no high is guaranteed, but no low is guaranteed. They all, they all change, up and down. 
So no moment is with us forever. Mm. You know, and I tell myself that too. Mm. Um, this, this too shall pass. This bad moment will pass. Soon I feel good mm. and that too shall pass. Mm. And because, I mean, there's so much, you know, you read so much on the internet about inner ultra races where people get into holes, they get into a yeah. dark spot and then they come out of it. And Yes. And I think sometimes we assume there's only going to be one per race, yeah. but, you know, no. the longer the race goes on, <laughs> sometimes there can be multiple. Sometimes well, there, can there, can, like there can be one if it lasts the whole race, yes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and I think everyone has to find their own way of managing their mind. Do yeah. you think... You know, what works for you isn't necessarily going to work for no, That's exactly else. right. Although, mind you, those, those YouTube clips, I was, I was listening to a podcast about this. I can't even remember who the guy was, and he was an ultra runner, and he was really good, and he listened to them. And I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. And so I listened to a few, and I thought, yep, that would suit me. So I downloaded them, and yeah. they do suit me. But, um, but, yes, I don't think necessarily having someone yelling at you in your ear would suit everybody, you know. <clears throat> Do you find that sometimes what worked successfully in one race, mm. you then try and do it in the next and it's like it just doesn't do anything, it's not effective at all and you um, almost need not, to find it? Not so much with the mental stuff. For me, the mental stuff is pretty much always the same. Food and, and drink and yes, that changes. But I, I, know, I know now kind of what makes me tick. So... Um, mm that that doesn't really change yeah so can you maybe give us um an example of a race yeah. where you had to dig yourself out of a hole where you've sort oh. of got you know that negative thoughts have started to creep in and when you've had to dig yourself out of the hole to yeah. to get to the end well, I guess um, in GSCR, towards the end of it, I was starting to get pretty negative. And you can ask Nikki Letts, who, who was with me, because I swear to God, I, had, I kept apologising to her after the race for days because just listening to me whinge must have just about sapped her will to live. Um, so then, <laughs> you know, and um, so then I just sort of would say just stupid things and just try to be funny. And, and when I was whinging, I'd sort of, make it even more ridiculous. So I would still be, be getting my whinging out, but I'd make it absolutely ridiculous so she would laugh and then I would laugh and we'd both laugh and just, you know, and, um, and I'd try and make a joke of it, even though I was hurting and hating every moment. I would just try to make a joke of it and just because I knew I was going to finish no matter what. What, what was I going to do to sit down, you know? So I find that that's kind of what I do is, and that's what I often say to myself because I have been in those spots before and I just think, well, what am I going to do? There's no choice. Just keep on going. And, and I talk to myself yeah. a lot and I do it out loud too. I'll go, come on, Isabel, you know, out loud. And that helps. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I'm the same. I, yeah. um, I do lots of, lots of self-talk and I guess we need to be the keeper of our own self-talk because if the self-talk yeah. is motivating, that's fine. But if it becomes negative, yeah. you give it too much airplay and yes. then all of a sudden one negative oh. thought becomes a story yeah. and then we buy into that story and before you know it, you know, we're sort of coming up with reasons why maybe we might just not 
keep going. So you do yeah. have to be the keeper of your own self-talk in that respect. Um, have you ever had a race where you haven't been able to get yourself out of it and, yeah. and, and then as a result, it hasn't gone to plan or you've had to pull out? Yeah, like the first GSCR, I just, I was just, admittedly, it was six weeks after my first 24-hour track race, but um, I was just, I just talked myself out of it. And I DNF'd because I was just like, this is horrible. I can't do this. Oh, I'm tired. I'm tired from the track race. That's what it is. I'm still, I haven't recovered. Yeah. And I really talked myself into, I'm not recovered. I'm really tired. I've had enough. Yeah, this is fair enough. Oh, and I think, I think my knee and my ankle are sore too. I'm injured. Yeah, I better pull out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because, if you, you know, um, like the brain's number one job is to protect us. So it's looking for a reason oh, yeah. to stop. Oh, yeah. It's saying oh. this is not a good idea. Yeah. Stop. And so if you go, oh, my knee's sore. Oh, hang on. Like it's really bad. Wow, I might actually need to get this leg amputated. Yeah. That's, that's how it can progress, isn't oh, it? Oh, it you know, can. If you, if you give what, it enough airplay. I looked at that knee. It was yeah. swollen. I was sure it was swollen. The next day... <laughs> Good as gold. Nothing wrong with it. <laughs> That's right. And I've, I, I think, um, you know, there's a, a strategy that, that they use with positive psychology where they'll say, you know, don't ignore the thought because it will just keep coming back, but perhaps um, acknowledge the thought. Thanks very much for your input, <laughs> uh, but I'm just choosing to ignore you right now. And then, and I've done that in races where I've talked to myself saying, yep, no, thanks very much. I know your hamstrings are tight but I'm just going to ignore you now versus that whole, my hamstrings are so tight. If I keep running, they might snap because that's yeah. what can happen, isn't it? Oh God. Yeah. That's right. Just <laughs> Yeah. No, I, and and then, I, um, I agree. Yeah. And you learn something. So you would have learned something from that though, from that oh, yeah. first GSA. Yeah. 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 And that's and why there was no way I was pulling out the second time. Not a, not a hope. My leg could have fallen off and I wouldn't have pulled out. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So then um, how, do you, how do you get your mind set, your, uh, your preparation, whether it's, it's men well, it is more mental than anything. Something like when you did um, Barclay and the, the start time is unknown. So we mm. like to know what's going on. Um, so, you know, mm. the race starts at six. But in that particular case, you don't know what time. So how do you mentally prepare for that? Well, I, um, <clears throat> I, it's hard. And I, what I did was I just started training sessions at random times. I'd go to bed, set the alarm for the middle of the night and then get up and train. So I was used, kind of used to getting up at odd hours to train. But that still doesn't prepare your brain. Um, and, and I don't think anything can because we like to know. Like you said, we like to know. And like the night before the race, I went to bed and Stephen, my crew, he was staying up. And I trust him 100%, but I still didn't trust him to hear the conch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I slept, you know, like a dog with one, one ear cocked, you know, because I just, well, what, yeah. what if he just happens to miss it? Which he wouldn't have. But you just, you know, mm -hmm. just that fear. And then, um, and then, of course, it didn't go all night. Um, and, um, but I don't know, it, it is, it is tough, but it's almost like 
you just kind of have to accept it. So you've mm. just got to go, well, that is the race start. The race start is you don't know the race start. Mm. And it's one of, like, you know, it's like any race, the, the course, the distance, the, you know, all of those are um, part of that particular race. And um, <clears throat> I guess when we see it emerging more with these backyard ultras as well, where you would have to approach that differently mm. because there is no end until there's an end, you know, yeah, like it just right. keeps going until yeah. there's one person left. And so I, I think with those, is it the person who's physically the fittest or is it the person that's mentally the strongest? Well, even, even Laz says it's not about fitness. He wants it to be about mental strength. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's, and that's what it's about. Mm. So I feel like you would be uh, you would be well placed to run a back. Is that is that on the cards ever? Well, originally I thought no because I wouldn't. I don't like stopping and then restarting. But the more I think about it, I think it actually would really suit me. So yes, I'm, I would like to give one a crack. Yeah, I think because you've got all the key ingredients and the and the number one being that mental strength, um, where. And, and that determination of, well, I'm not going to pull out before you pull out sort <laughs> yeah, of right. yeah. mentality, um, that stubborn streak, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I think, I think that you would have those ingredients to have a successful race. And ultimately it just depends, I guess, on whether there's anyone else out there that's, you know, mentally, yeah. more, mentally stronger or um, can, yeah, stay out there longer. Yeah, I mean, obviously there is an element of fitness and not just fitness, but I reckon, you know, just that strength of the body to keep going. But yeah, I think it is, mm. it is a mental tenacity thing. And, and it's funny because people often say to me, like yourself, that I'm, that I'm mentally strong, but it's, it's funny because I don't necessarily think of myself as being mentally strong. Um, mm. Yeah, it's just funny. It's, well, you know, people people perceive you know you know what's going on the inside of you and all your inside stuff but people can only sort of see what's going on on the outside and what yeah. you're doing you know with life and running and in races so certainly your mental strength would be one of i think one of you know the uh, most important part of of why you've been so successful yeah you've got yeah. to be fit and you've got to do the training but you know, there's plenty of people that have done that are really fit runners, good runners, fast yeah. runners, and then they get to race day and it just doesn't work out yeah. for them. So, yeah. And that's, you know, and that's the next bit. So I guess if you've done the race, um, you've dug yourself out of the hole, then there's the whole post race. And there's, you know, what have you had races? Obviously, GSR the first time. Um, have you had races that haven't gone to plan and then there's been that real slump of disappointment afterwards? Um, yeah, well, yeah, well, I feel like I haven't raced to, to what I should have and that's the thing. There is, but then I try to use it more as feedback of what I need to do next, what I need to work on. And, and sometimes... You know, I, I can't work on it. Like, for some reason, it doesn't sit. So then I go, well, then that race isn't... It was just that race. And, and it's just, you know, sometimes you just have to accept that the human body is a mysterious thing and you have some good days and some bad days and sometimes it just doesn't 
even though it's race day, that does not guarantee that it's going to be your body's prime day. And you can yeah. do all yeah. the right things, but something, especially for females, you know, with, you know, a monthly cycle, you can't always guarantee that you're mm. going to be feeling crash hot. Mm. And I think that's really, it's really hard, isn't it, to adjust when, if you've, if you've controlled all the controllables in the lead up to a race, you've ticked every box and then you do the race exactly the same way as you did the previous race that was successful, but then just for some reason, it didn't all come together yeah. on race day. That can be really hard to um, deal with post-race because then you're like, well, what do I do differently next time? I did everything I yeah i was supposed well, to well see i've learned i've learned not to i've learned not to get into that thought process because it doesn't do you any favors and that's why i just mm. go well it was just a bad day nothing i can do about that mm. write it off onwards and upwards kind of thing because at the end of the day as much as i love running and it is pretty much my whole life it is only running and yeah. um <laughs> and there are yeah, and other that's things. yeah it's just running yeah it, it is. is just funny yeah um and it's uh it's really important to remember that because otherwise you know we can get really caught up in in not performing the way we wanted to perform at just this one sort of small point in time yeah. um so yeah. would you um would you what would you say to people that do have a successful race mm but then you can have that inevitable post-race yeah. blues. Have you ever yeah. had them? <laughs> yes. Um, so everything went to plan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, I've had, and I was going to say that too, because even when you go really well in races, that's fleeting, you know, like I, I've um, mm. done really well in some races and you think, wow, I'm going to be on a high for weeks. I'm so awesome. I've done so well. Mm. And two days later, you know, because when I had younger kids, I'd get home, the kids are screaming, I'm, frazzled you know and you're like but i just won this really awesome race doesn't anybody care no nobody cares back to normal life mm -hmm. right and it's just like mm -hmm. well but once again that's what it is that's that's life and um and a lot of the the blues are what i like to do is before my big race that i i want to do well in i'm already planning ahead i've started planning ahead for the next race so yeah. then in when i finish that race i go right and that was really good setup for this next race. So I already have something planned. I know what I'm, I'm aiming for next. So I have a new goal ready to go the next day so that I don't get those, I don't get those blues so much because there's yeah. always something. I think that's, and I've heard lots of people sort of say that, that, you know, people that love racing, yeah. they know in advance what their, yeah. however many races they're doing for the year, what the year looks like. Which again yeah. is maybe why, you know, there'd be a lot of people struggling at the moment because yeah. we don't have places to look yeah. forward to and that community feel that you have when you're at a race. Um, and so do you think, uh, do you think you learn more from a good race or a race that has been uh, not as successful as you? I think you be? learn far more from the unsuccessful races, far more. Yeah. Um, I DNF'd at a race in Canada, um, Sinister, um, and once again, I'm, I'm really good at coming up with lots of excuses for why I DNF'd, but the main was I just, 
returned from two, two trips back home to Australia. My mother had just died. I was three weeks back. I had jet lag from two trips and grieving and whatnot. So, you know, and then I'm trying to do a myeloid and I ended up pulling out because I got so much gastric distress. And the reason I got this gastric distress was because at one of the early aid stations, I had some chips and I'm eating stuff from the aid station, which normally I try not to do. Um, and, and I just couldn't eat and I wasn't drinking fluids. And um, I, you know, I had, all, uh, it was terrible, my stomach. I couldn't eat. I didn't eat for, you know, probably 80K or something, basically. So by the time I pulled out, I was just useless. And so I looked back on that and thought, right, from now on, never, ever, this is my golden rule, never, ever eat from the aid stations. Eat nothing. Yeah. You just don't know how it's going to affect yeah. you that day. Only eat foods I've trained with. Drink lots of water and electrolytes. And now, every race since then, I have had no gastric distress. But without that race, it was always an up and down. It was always guessing and not sure and trying this, trying that, or, well, you know. Now it's a hundred percent of, you know, it's so much better. So I learned heaps from mm. that. Yeah. And I think, I think that's what, you know, that's a way that we can um, cope with the disappointment is go, okay, well, you know, that race didn't go to the plan, but what, what, yes, what good came out of it? What did I learn not to do next time? And what can I do better next time? Yeah. Um, so then yeah, I don't, I don't believe in, it's, it's not a failure if, if you're still learning something from it. Mm-hmm. So, um, one of the other things that I um, I love what I love following your Instagram account because you share lots of things on there, and you um, you use a gratitude journal. Is that right? Yep. yep. Yeah. It's just. So, oh, it was sitting there. I don't know where I put it. <laughs> yes. And there it's it not is. Something you've always, <laughs> it's not something you've always done, is it? It's it, it's. I um, think in one of your posts you sort of said you've done it. You know. Only in the last year or two? Yeah, I started it the first time I did one, I think was sort of, yeah, end of 2017, I started one. Um, mm. uh, and um, yeah, I, because I was just struggling. Like I'd just, you know, gone through a separation and a divorce and I was just really struggling. Um, and someone, I can't even remember who suggested it. I mean, I thought it was a lame idea at first. And, and like I said in that, that post, that I was just writing the same three things every day. Coffee, a bed to sleep in, a house. You know, they were the only things I could think of to be grateful for. But once again, eventually I started just seeing more. And I think they just help, like, seeing positives. And sometimes it's a struggle, but you, they are there. Mm. And has it helped you in the last, well six weeks of the second lockdown that this year pretty much has yeah. it helped you um Look, yeah it's been hard once again i there's quite a few coffees a bed to sleep in you know that sort of thing but um you know i i am seeing more and 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 it's funny because when you know you have to write stuff in your in your gratitude journal when you're out in a bite which for my one hour or you know when i'm doing things i'm i'm looking for things to write down mm. in my journal whilst I'm doing stuff. So mm. I'm consciously looking for good things and something, mm. you know, good that's happening that I can put in there so that I don't have an empty page. Yeah. And look, there's so much, I mean, it, like you said, it can sound quite airy-fairy, but there is mm. so much scientific, you know, yes, research that supports that, you know, 
people that are grateful are, you know, they're more positive, they've got yep. better well enhanced well-being, they're more optimistic, um, they're more empathetic, yeah. they're less materialistic. You know, the list goes on and on and on. And it's a pretty simple thing to do. It's three, three things that you're grateful yeah. for. Um, or I actually, I reckon I looked, I saw a study not that long ago that said it, you don't actually have to even list three. You can just list one, but you can list it in a great amount of detail. Oh, and it okay. has the same effect yeah, as yeah. if you list three. So you can say, I'm grateful for coffee. I had a sleep in and I went for my morning run. Or you can say, I'm grateful for my morning run because when I was out and then, you know, write oh, like okay. a paragraph about yeah, it. Yeah. And apparently that has the same effect on your well-being as the three things, which is... Yeah. And I can imagine that. Come up with, yeah, and so yeah. I guess if you can't come up with three... Yeah, you that's can another come strategy. Up one, but just yeah. be really detailed about it. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, well, I have to admit, one of the ones from today was my three k time trial PB. <laughs> well, why wouldn't you be grateful for that? <laughs> I was <laughs> shame if I had to admit I didn't get it. <laughs> I was going to say, imagine how annoyed you would have been. <laughs> you've done all that work and you didn't get it you're Ugh. like just another bloody 2020 <laughs> that's <laughs> right exactly yeah so i was very grateful yeah uh, just give me a sec i'm going to turn on the light Hang on. okay there we go the days are getting longer but not long enough no all right well we're i mean we're, we're sort of heading towards the end and i'm not sure whether this is something that you're super keen for me to share but anyway okay. i am the host today <laughs> so um it is your birthday oh very yeah soon. <laughs> uh -huh. an important birthday is that correct that's right i'm going to be 30. You're going to be 30 yes. plus 20 from 2020. Is that That's right? right, exactly. The year that keeps giving, it's giving me another 20. <laughs> so, I mean, we've talked lots today about mindset, mental Ugh. strength, resilience, blah, blah, blah. Some people approach 50 with trepidation and, you know, almost go into a depression. Not necessarily 50, like it could be 30, 40. All these milestone birthdays, mm. you see some people very negative about them um how are you approaching yours with negativity or positivity mm, well um i don't know it's weird i remember when i was young i kind of thought people should, should like this is when i'm you know young in primary school people should just die at 30 because 30 is so old what's the point in living if you're that old <laughs> right and um and it's like but now i'm nearly 50. i don't feel old and I still feel the same and I can still pretty much do everything the same as I used to when I was 30 anyway. In fact, I'd probably say I'm healthier now than when I was 30. <clears throat> and um, so it, it has been a bit negative because it is a scary number. It is. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, um, I'd much rather be turning 30, but I've also got all that experience and different outlook on life and and you know everyone sort of talks about how oh as you get older you don't care anymore you just say what you want and blah blah, blah. But i'm noticing i'm becoming a bit more like that it's just like eh, whatever i'm just gonna say it and if they don't like it they don't like it that's okay i can live with that you know i'm not so much yeah. so in some ways 
I'd almost say in the last week, I'm sort of like, yeah, I think I can handle being 50, you know? So it's, it's I'm mm -hmm. getting there. It's a work in progress. <laughs> so do you reckon you're a, a fitter, stronger version of yourself at 50 than maybe at 30? Yeah, oh, definitely. Um, you know, at 30, I remember when I turned 30, well, I was, um, I was super underweight, like, um, you know, um, because I'd only, when I turned 30, I'd only had my, my daughter was probably three or four months, four months. Um, mm. And I was, had postnatal depression, super unhealthy, you know, um, just, um, I mean, part of the reason I took up running was to stop drinking every night, you know. Um, and so mm. um, I was, I was underweight you know, not doing really any physical activity. I mean, I've done mountain biking and all of that other sort of stuff before that. But, and that's after that, that's when I got into the bodybuilding and that's what forced me to be a bit healthier. Then after bodybuilding, I, you know, crashed and burned again. Um, and I think, you know, and that's what I mean as I'm wiser, I now know that you can't treat your body poorly and expect it to perform well. Mm. That you have to, um, oh. yeah. Oh, sorry, I was going to say, well, I think that with wisdom, we, we become smarter, don't we? Yeah. We, uh, we, we don't make those same mistakes. And one of the questions I was going to ask you about turning 50 was, have you noticed as you've got older yeah. that you're not able to do uh, as much or do it, you have to modify it, but given that you've just done a 3K time trial, a, yeah. you know, a week after well, your I mean, birthday, I'm, yeah, I'm slower than I used to be, but that's also because of my different injuries. And I mean, mm. you know, I, no, I, that's what I mean is I forget that I'm this age. I hate saying the word. <laughs> um, because I've, I've said it. <laughs> I, I just don't like saying it um, because I just, I feel so good and I feel young and I, I, you know, like, I just, I just don't feel old, you know, yeah. and, and, you, and you don't, you don't look old, you don't act old, you know, I, I think, I mean, this is my personal thing. I think, you know, age is pretty much like an, the number on the scales in the morning. Just don't, you know, don't worry about it. It's, it's, yeah. not, it's not reflective of who you are, like yeah. a number on a scale in the morning or the age that you are doesn't define you, you know, so well, just I'm, like, I don't, know, yeah, I don't feel Sorry? I was going to say, if it makes you feel better, I'm 50 next year. So I'm, uh, I'm yeah. close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You'll be joining my club next year. Well, I was going to yeah. say, just like I, I don't weigh myself anymore because I don't, I don't, that data is not helpful for me. Um, that's yeah. why I don't focus on my age because that data is not helpful for me either. And I just focus on, on the present moment and how I'm feeling. And, um, and yeah, sometimes it is scary when you think, well, you know, I've lived more of my life now than perhaps what I've got left. But, you know, that's why it's got to be worthwhile and you've got to really get everything out of life and do everything that you can and not just sit there going, well, I'll, I'll leave that for later on. I'll do it another time. And, and I think COVID taught us that too, is that you can't take things for granted and just go, I'll do it later, I'll do it another time because that other time might not come. So... Mm. Um, yeah, so now you've got to focus on 
I'm just going to do all the things now. I'm just going to do them. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have a, uh, do you have a bucket list that you Yes, we, I've got a book, a book, bucket list book too. It's over there. I'm going to do a post about that, one of those, uh, uh, for, for Instagram, probably next week oh, or so. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So, all right. Well, um, I'm just going to wish you uh, an early happy 50th birthday from all your listeners. Because, Thank you. Um, Although by the time this goes out, it might be after my 50th, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, so then you'll be like old. <laughs> I will be. <laughs> As my daughter keeps telling me, you're an old woman. Well, you know, let's look at the positives. Let's go with the gratitude. And you could be grateful that you move into a new age category in races. Yeah, that that's right. You 50 to 54 55 age category and that's that just opens up a whole new lot of possibilities for you exactly exactly and, and i just watched on youtube the other day this 103 year old woman running uh, sprinting sprinting 100 meters oh, you know she's moving she isn't she awesome <laughs> she was i love her and that means i've still got another 53 years you're yeah. only halfway there that's right. <laughs> the best is yet to come. That's All right. right. So I'm going to finish up. Last time we uh, last time we finished up with Would You Rather. Today oh, we're yeah. going to finish up with uh, ten of your favourites. So um, you just have to tell me one after the other. Favourite food. Oh. oh, I don't know. Is it healthy food or junk food? Are we doing? any food what would what would you like just love to have unlimited amounts of i don't know i don't have a favorite food because right, well, i love can... all food i eat everything so but you if it, have... as a treat as a like i love burgers mm -hmm. but i wouldn't want to eat them all the time yeah i, do, I love all That's food okay. Yeah. yeah, favorite food burger, no problems. What about your favorite race? You, it's one that you can have done, or one that yeah. you want to do. Well, no, my favorite race that I've done so far would have to be the Jungfrau Marathon. That was the first time I represented Australia, and the first mm -hmm. time I raced in Europe, and it was in Switzerland, and it was so beautiful, and it was oh, just beautiful. yeah, and I was just so in the moment and so loving it, and I just had the best time. That was just so mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah, it's uh, Switzerland's pretty magical. Oh, I love you know, it. Just yeah. so nice over there. What about your favourite race distance? I would probably say mm, not three k. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, probably <clears throat> it's a toss up between hundred k and hundred miles. So let's say hundred mile. Yeah. All right. Now back on the food, what's your favourite post-run snack or, you know, food? Mm, probably, well, the burger or pizza. But I generally can't eat for a couple of days. I, I want these things, but I can't actually eat them. Mm -hmm. All right. What's uh, your favourite training session? So I said before I'd rather go for a three-hour run than a 3K time trial. What's your favourite session? Um... Yeah, the long run, but I like doing like, I do like a progression run, which is where you pick up the pace, say every five kilometers. 
So um, it doesn't start mm. off too hard, but by the last five kilometres, you're really pushing it because you know you may be done 15 kilometers already of where you pick up the pace every 5k so that's always a good one it leaves you feeling really good yeah yeah um all right so what about your favorite and this could be a bit controversial but your favorite race uh, your favorite running buddy and it, it doesn't have to be one person it can be a group ah. if you have someone that you love to go for runs with I run with lots of different people. I'm always running, well, normally, under normal circumstances. Um, but a lot of the, probably, probably my favourite running buddy is me. Yeah, that's a great answer. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah, because, awesome. well, firstly, I agree with everything I say. And... Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm always right. No, and just because I can run at the pace I want to, I can do the distance I want to, I can start at the time I want to, I can finish when I want to. I love running with other people, yeah. but it's far less complicated and easier sometimes just to run on my own. Yeah. That's yeah, that's awesome. And you know what? If we don't enjoy hanging out with ourselves, yeah. how can we expect other people to enjoy it? You know, exactly. So you've got to enjoy your own company. And I think ultra runners generally do, because most ultra so. runners are used to doing long training sessions on their own. So they're, yep. you know. That inevitable, don't you get bored? It's like, yeah, no, 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 no I'm quite happy in my own company. Yep. That's right. So, what about music? What's your favorite type of music to listen to? Oh, I hope I don't sound too, um, I don't know, whatever, but I just like pop music, just top 40 old. music. Not old, I like top 40 music. I mean, to, you know. Yeah, I like the 80s music. I show ah. my age because like, anything from the 70s and the 80s is, uh, is, my, is my favorite. See, so I don't mind I it. I just prefer, top, I like top 40 new songs and, you know, yeah. Yep, good. All right. What's your favorite podcast other than this one? Um, and the coaching, co the coaching round table. I can't say and that. Coaching round table. <laughs> um, I love. I've probably a non-running one is the You Project, and running one is probably Trail Runner Nation. Yep, very good. All right, uh, favorite book? You can be current. You can be currently reading it, or you know. Uh, well, um, from long ago, like probably The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, and um, the non-science fiction would be To Kill a Mockingbird. Um, yeah. I love I love reading, so I just yeah, find a lot of the modern that. books don't don't have a patch on the older books. Yeah, um, and the final one is your favourite TV show. At the moment, I'd have to say Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh yeah, 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 good. That's good for a laugh. I love that. I'm I'm slowly working my way through them. My daughter used to watch yeah. them. And I used to think, why is she watching that all the time? And now I've started, and I get it now. Yeah, right. and that's your ten favourites. So you are yes. done, and uh, and thank you for sharing all of your um, pearls of wisdom. And, <laughs> well, I, I um, hope there was some. Yeah. Oh, no, more parts of you. Oops, you just broke. Yeah, no, thank you so much. And um, I really appreciate you taking all this time to do all of this. I, I truly appreciate it. No, it's been heaps of fun. So I'll catch up with you soon. You will. And hopefully, yes, hopefully once we can all move around again, it will be in person. And maybe we can even yeah, that's awesome. 
do a Alrighty, podcast thanks. in person. All right. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you let me know what you think. As I said in the podcast, I don't necessarily think of myself as being mentally strong, but I know I can appear that way. Sometimes it's important to fake it till you make it, as they say. With so many restrictions in place, it's more important than ever to have a structured plan to ensure you maximise your training and your fitness. Races will eventually return, but in the meantime, there are many other challenges you can find, like planning an FKT, doing an Everesting challenge, or getting a Strava crying. If you need an individualised plan, email me, Isabel, at peakendurancecoaching.com.au to chat about a training plan, or DM me on Facebook or Insta. Have a great week of training. Stay safe and well.